All right. Okay, we're going to learn the uh, first Hebrew that the Rebbe gave on Achon Shal Pesach um, after the Rebbe became Rebbe. Uh, the Rebbe began by saying like this, the previous Rebbe said in one of his talks that the seventh day of Pesach is connected to Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's why we read the words in the Torah, then Moshe sang, because it's a day connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. This Pasuk, then Moshe sang, or more accurately, then Moshe will sing, this Pasuk emphasizes the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu. The greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu, the way Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness is with his whole essence. Because this Pasuk talks about the song of Moshe and the Jewish people. And despite the fact that it talks about everyone singing, it says Yashir in the singular. It would made more sense, it would seem to say they sang in the plural, all of them sang. Why does it say he sang? In order to emphasize how all the Jewish people are connected to the level of Moshe Rabbein. That's the greatness of Moshe as a leader of the Jewish people because what's the greatness of a Jewish leader? The greatness of the Jewish leader is that he's connected and he's close with his sheep, with his flock. And since the day of the seventh of Pesach is a day of Moshe Rabbeinu, where Moshe Rabbeinu is in his full essence, in his deep, deepest self, therefore it includes all the Jewish people. And that's why the song is, then Moshe and Jewish people will sing. And it says that they will sing in the, or he will sing in the singular because um, it's a day where we see the greatest of Moshe. What's the greatest of Moshe? How all the Jewish people are one with him. Ah. The last day of Pesach is connected with Mashiach, speaking of Mashiach, with Meirachem Chaim Peretz. The last day of Pesach is connected to Mashiach, and that's why on the last day of Pesach, we read the Haftor about Mashiach, where it says, a star will go out from Yaakov, a shoot will come out from the, uh, from the seed of, of, of Jesse, of, of Yishai. So Moshe and Mashiach have connection to each other. Zezna Talmud, the Moshe Rabbeinu is the first redeemer. Moshe Rabbeinu is the final redeemer. The difference between Moshe and Mashiach in their tribes is that Moshe is from the tribe of Levi and Mashiach is from the tribe of Yehuda. That difference is only externally. But if you go a little deeper beneath the surface, the first redeemer is the last redeemer. But there's a unique virtue that Moshe Rabbeinu has and the Mashiach has, which is um, independent. What's the Nika virtue? Um, never doesn't mention it uh, in a length over here, just as in short, that there is a, uh, there's some, there is a uh, manuscript from Shubay Barisavir. He wrote a story about the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach Tzedek once said a discourse. In a discourse, he said that Moshe is greater than Mashiach. It sounded like Moshe was greater than Mashiach, and he felt bad about it. He felt that Tzemach Tzedek said he's greater, but he felt bad that he said Moshe is greater than Mashiach. He, he, he uh, fell asleep. When he came in, fell asleep, the Alter Rebbe came to him in his dream, and he told him that there is a virtue in Moshe, and there's a virtue in Mashiach. Moshe Rabbeinu was an experienced practical doctor, and therefore he gave practical, mitzv- practical mitzvahs. But Mashiach is not a practical doctor, experienced doctor, Rather, Mashiach is going to reveal the inner dimension of the Torah. So maybe I shouldn't have called you Mashiach. 
because you're more of an experienced practical doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay, and as a Mashiach is the is the one who reveals the inner dimension of Torah, he's not a practical doctor. Like Meshach is one who gives us the prescription of which mitzvah to do. Mashiach reveal in a dimension of Torah. That was the um, that was the first talk that we gave that for bringing. And after they would give a discourse, they would continue and said <clears throat> the special virtue of the holiday of Passover that surpasses all the holidays is as follows. The physical body is nourished during this holiday from matzah, which is a mitzvah. Although eating on Shabbos and Yantav is also a mitzvah. On Shabbos is a mitzvah to enjoy the Shabbos with food and drink. On Yantav there's a mitzvah of joy to have food and drink. And the Talmud says there's no joy without meat, no joy without wine. And although this mitzvah could, uh, this mitzvah of eating meat is only when the base of English was standing, when we had the sacrifices. And now the mitzvah of joy is through wine. I don't know if you know this, but it's a mitzvah every day of wine, of all, even, even today. For the holiday, every day of, of uh, Yantiv is supposed to have, have wine. The previous Shabbat had wine with every meal. Every meal only had wine during the holiday. Anyways, so although it seems Shabbos and Yantiv were also nourished by a mitzvah. However, there's a difference between eating on Shabbos and Yantiv and eating the matzah on Pesach. What's the difference? When you eat on Shabbos and Yantiv, the food itself is not a mitzvah. It's through the food you do a mitzvah. But it's not connected to the actual food specifically. It's not, it's, in other words, the, the food is more like a cause for the mitzvah. The food allowed, we eat the food, you're going to, through eating this food, you're going to do the mitzvah of enjoying Shabbos. Through eating this food, you're going to do the mitzvah of the joy of Yantin. But on Pesach, the matzah itself is the mitzvah. It's not just a means to do another mitzvah. The matzah itself is a mitzvah. This is similar to not exactly the same idea, but it's similar to the idea uh, of the distinction between the mitzvahs that our, our, our grandparents did before the Torah was given and the mitzvahs that were done after the Torah was given. Although our forefathers, Avon, Yaakov, they did mitzvahs with phys- physical objects. However, the Talmud categorizes the mitzvahs they did as having a good fragrance. Why do they call it a fragrance? There was no substance to it, just fragrance, not says, after the Torah was given, the mitzvahs are called oil, the oil itself. Before the Torah was given, they did mitzvahs, but they were considered like a good fragrance. Why? Because the mitzvahs they did didn't affect the physical reality. After the Torah was given, now we're able to change the physical reality itself. The physical reality itself, the physical thing with which you do a mitzvah, is purified and elevated until it becomes an actual holy object. So just like the mitzvahs that we do nowadays, they change the substance of the of the object. So to the nourishment of our bodies and the holiday is on, on Pesach is different. All other holidays, you eat chont, you eat kishke, you eat ashashte, you eat lubia, whatever it is. And through that, Gandhi, don't forget, through that you do a mitzvah. It's not the Gandhi itself is the mitzvah. It's a means. It's it's it doesn't it's not itself a holy thing. However, on Pesach, the type of food that we eat is itself a mitzvah. Hear the difference? Oh, interesting. Well, it, it's not it, the drinking on Yontif is. It, 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 so, let me give an example. The example that we gave was the mitzvahs after Torah was given, they're similar to the holiday. It's not the same thing, though, because when you eat on Shabbos, the food itself is. is Hard
hard to tell. No, it's 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 not the drinking itself is not the item of the drink of the wine is not in the same sanctity as the matzah. The matzah itself is a holy food. The wine is a means to get to the joy. You drink the wine to get to the joy. It's not that the wine itself has intrinsic holiness. It's similar to the distinction between the mitzvahs before the Torah was given. It happens to be that that even the consumption of food on Shabbos and Yontif is also holy because it's it's a mitzvah too. And therefore it changes the physical reality. But in the, the reality after the Torah was given, in this post-Sinai era, there's still a distinction between the consumption of food on Shabbos and Yontif, which is a means to a mitzvah, versus the matzah, which is itself a mitzvah. And wine also is not a mitzvah. It's, it's, it's a means to a mitzvah. It's not itself a holy food. Matzah is a holy food. So our whole holiday, this time, we're being nourished by holy food. What does this mean? Matzah is called the food of faith. Through eating matzah, your moon on your heart and the moon in your neshama gets stronger. There's an example the Gemara gives for, uh, Chassidus gives from the Gemara. Gemara says that a child cannot call his father, he doesn't recognize his father until he has grain. So too, by, till he eats grain. Till he eats Charlie's grain. So too, by eating matzah, Every Jew, every single Jew receives a recognition in our, in our Father in Heaven, in Hashem. Which, by eating the matzah, it, it affects us in a similar way that grain affects a baby. The baby eats grain, he recognizes his father. When we eat matzah, it sets our emunah in Hashem. This tells us the great virtue of the matzah. Because just like the child, when he tastes the grain for the first time, although when he ate, while he's eating the grain, he still uh, doesn't call his father his father yet. When he eats the grain, when he has grain, that he tastes grain for the first time, the Talmud says he knows his father. But when does he actually call his father? He finishes eating. And even when he does call his father, it's not a real understanding. He doesn't know what a father is and why he's his father. He doesn't know what that means. He doesn't know that that the nature of a father is to take care of a child and to, and to sustain him and to give all of, him all, his, all of his needs. The child doesn't know that all. Doesn't know that that this 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 man has a natural mercy, natural on on him. And he's going to take care of him and he's going to sustain him. The child doesn't recognize all that. He just knows this is that. So he just knows this is doesn't know what a dad is and why is it that doesn't know what dads do. But this is that. But in though in that voice of the child in that recognition. There is something true that's latent, that's hidden. Within the child's calling of his father, there's something else that's there. In other words, the whole essence of relationship is in the child saying dad for the first time. The essence is there. And the essence, as it comes as a result, this calling, calling his father as a result of eating the grain, um, is analogous to us eating the matzah. In the language of Kabbalah and Chassidus, matzah is called katnus uh, abba. Katnus abba means the smaller level of chachma, smaller revelation of chachma. Then there is a gadlus abba, greater revelation of chachma. Abba means father. So I got to get to the whole Sira thing right now, but they're in the matzah, they're in a recognition of Hashem. There is a smaller level of amuna, there's a higher level of, of the recognition of Hashem. There is the essence of Hashem. So let's talk now about the impact of matzah on our bodies throughout this holiday. When we don't Shabbos and Yontiv, the food that we eat becomes part of our flesh and blood. But 
the part of the, our body which is which is coming from the food of Shabbos and Yantif is higher than the rest of the body. There's a part of our body on Shabbos and Yantif which which is nourished by the food of Shabbos and Yantif and that, that blood, that flesh, which is which is, comes into me through meeting on Shabbos and Yantif, that's a higher part of me, right? But it's only part of me. It's not my whole being. It can't affect my whole entire body. It, in other words, although I have a holier part of myself, a holier part of myself, a Shabbosdika part of myself, and the Shabbosdika food, that can't affect the whole body, but that, that my whole body shouldn't interfere or hide a Shabbos presence. But only a tiny bit of my body, or a, a seventh or whatever, a part of my body is nourished by the Shabbos food. When you eat matzah, matzah doesn't just affect a specific thing. What does matzah affect? What do you say? Matzah gives us emunah, faith in Hashem. Emunah is something that the body cannot disturb, the body cannot hide, the body can't conceal. Emunah is something which is which is unable to be concealed. Emuna means, what's the essence of Emuna? Emuna means truth. Emuna means the Emes. It says in the Zohar, truth is faith. What's faith? What's truth? Or a lawyer friend of mine doesn't like the word faith. He says, not faith. He likes the word belief. I don't know which word he likes. Emuna. Emuna means truth. Truth is something that the Gemara says, Truth is something which exists in every single level. Truth is not something which is only in um, some places and sometimes. Truth is in every place and every time. There's, it, it, truth is something which permeates where there is truth. There is no place which is, there is no level where truth is not. Truth is something which is always true. So since emuna is called emes, since, since our belief in Hashem, our truth, our emuna is called truth, that means nothing could hide it. Just like truth is something which exists every place and every time, so our emuna, our emuna, which is called truth, also has a similar phenomena that nothing can hide it. Instead, so I was just thinking about this this morning. I was thinking that uh, the Rebbe's opinion about selling chametz that the sale is a real sale. Other opinions are that it's just uh, the chametz is getting rid of in different ways, and the sale is just is just is just for an extra bonus to be more careful. But I was thinking it's like so characteristically Alter Rebbe of Chassidus of, of the Chabad the Chabad opinion about the, the sale. Said, no, this is real. This is this is not a joke. This is real because what is what what are, what are we getting from Chassidus? We're getting our Amuna. Amuna is Emes. Emes. Okay, that's just my own conjecture. And then we'll go further. So. The um, Rebbe continues and says like this. It, it says, this is in the third talk of this for brain. It says that the splitting of the Reed Sea was before dawn. And before that, before the splitting of the Reed Sea, um, before the Rebbe couldn't split the Reed Sea at, at dawn. Oh, by the way, one more point I want to mention. In the previous talk, the Rebbe mentioned how emuna comes from the word ma'amin, uman. Uman is a craftsman. That's in Tanya that just like um, a craftsman becomes a craftsman by practicing and practicing, so to with emuna, you have to get used to, you have to condition yourself again and again to uh, to believe in Hashem, to see to see deeper. It's, it, it, that's how you get emunah. Emunah is by, 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 by looking at the world and, and, and conditioning yourself to continuously 
look deeper, to think deeper, to, to, to think that whatever you sing is not the reality. The reality is, is, is what's behind it. It comes through practice. Okay. So, so the Christmas of the Red Sea was at dawn. And before that, it says there was a cloud, there was darkness, and the light illuminated the night. It sounds like in, uh, the Pasuk is saying, as Chassid says, that the cloud and the darkness themselves illuminated the night. And not only there's a darkness and, uh, removed, but more, the darkness itself became a light. And that's how the splitting of the Reed Sea happened. What's the splitting of the Reed Sea mean? The Reed Sea is something which covers so the ocean, the water covers what's beneath it. So the splitting of the Reed Sea means what is concealed is revealed. So the splitting of the Reed Sea means spiritually that Hashem takes away, he, he, he splits the concealment, whatever is hiding Hashem's presence. And not only does he, does, he, does he remove the concealment of the lowest level of Atsilus, so that at the highest world, Atsilus, should shine into this world, that this world should connect with the highest world, but more, the, Hashem removes the highest levels of concealment. Hashem even removes the concealment of the first symptom, the first symptom, which is considered the greatest symptom. So in other words, in the splitting of the Red Sea, Hashem is revealing the light of Hashem that existed before the symptom, the essence of Hashem. The point is that through the concealment, through the darkness, through the cloud, through the darkness, we reach a higher revelation. The whole point of a concealment is in order that we should reach a greater revelation. So just like the, even the first Simpson, which the first Simpson was a total uh, removal of Hashem's light, uh, which I really shouldn't say it that way because Chassidus emphasizes there wasn't and it was meant to be taken literally. It's just a concealment of Hashem's light, but it looked like uh, a total removal of Hashem's light. So the purpose of the Tzimtzum wasn't that a little light should emerge after the Tzimtzum, the Kav. Rather, the purpose of this concealment and removal of light was that all of the light that existed before the Tzimtzum should be returned into the reality post-Tzimtzum, into the physical reality, into the world. And more, not just the light should return, but there should even be a greater light that could never be revealed even before the Tzimtzum. And only through the Tzimtzum can there be a new light of Hashem that, that, that should be revealed. That's the intent of the darkness. Only through the darkness can you get there. And just like this is true for the redemption from Egypt, that it was only through the darkness, through the cloud, that there was such light, that the darkness and the cloud itself illuminated the night, that only through the symptom, only through the concealment, can there be a revelation. So too is this true regarding the revelations of the future of Mashiach. As it says in the Torah, that just like I took you out of Egypt, just like then I showed you wonders, so too will I show you wonders today. It says that revelation of the coming of Mashiach will happen through our efforts, through our Avedah. Our service of Hashem, now in the exile, we're serving Hashem in a circumstance of concealment, of darkness. And nevertheless, despite that, we don't, we're not affected by the concealment. On the contrary, we use the concealment itself to add a strength in our service of Hashem. Uh, for example, it was this. What's the difference between the departure from Egypt and the, and the coming of Mashiach? It says, when we left Egypt, we had to run away. Why do you have to run away? Because a part of us wanted to stay. So there was a friction. When we left Egypt, a part of us like, this is great. Egypt is wonderful. Let's stay here. 
So, so in other words, there's some evil inside of us. And therefore, our departure from Egypt is called running away. The body wasn't elevated yet. The body was low. And so we have to run away from the way the, way the body was. When Mashiach will come, it says we won't run away. Even though Mashiach happens instantaneously, it says we won't run. Why? Because since the body will be perfected, so the body itself will shine. When Mashiach will come, it says we're going to see godliness clearly. Just like we could see with our body only, we see things in a very vivid way. Our Neshama's mind it doesn't have the same vivid, uh, vivid vision as our eyes do. Our eyes could see in a very vivid way. Nowadays, that continues, we don't know, and we can't imagine in our mind the idea of seeing the essence of godliness. We can't imagine what that means, seeing the essence of godliness. The only thing we can, we can, we can see the essence of today is the essence of physical things. And, only, and the truth is, when we say the essence, we only see the metzias hamuhus, not the mahus hamuhus. When we look at the physical reality, we don't see the essence of the physical things. We see the, the essence of metzias hamuhus. We see the, the external part of the physical reality. We see the essence of the essence of the most external part of the physical reality. We don't see the essence of the essence of the physical reality. What's the essence of the essence of the physical reality? It's its soul. We could see the full substance of its external trappings. We can't see the essence of the essence of the physical reality. We can't see its soul. All we could have in the essence of the physical reality, the only connection we can have to that is understanding, uh, but not seeing. When Mashiach will come, what's going to happen is we're going to see the essence of godliness with our physical eyes. So there's going to be two things that will be novel. Number one is we're going to see the essence of godliness. Number two is our physical eyes will see the essence of godliness. And the way this is accomplished is specifically through our body. The neshama is more in the realm of understanding, of feeling, of looking with a mind's eye. But seeing vividly is something that the body can do. And through the refinement of the body, we're able to cause the machine will come a physical vision, a vivid vision in the essence of Godliness. Then that continues and talks about the passing of the previous Rebbe. The passing of the previous Rebbe is the greatest concealment. It's a much greater concealment than our own body gives us. The fact that it's the previous Rebbe passed away, the Stalkos, is a much greater concealment. As it says in the Gemara, the passing of a tzaddik to Hashem is, is, is harder than the destruction of the base of So it's a greatest concealment. But through this concealment, we reach a much greater level. David doesn't um, speak at length over here about this idea. I just want to um, mention ever since another occasion, we discussed this before. Just very briefly. Never um, asked, how is it possible that we're going to make the world a home for Hashem? The world, by its very nature, by the name of the world, the word world, is oil, oil means concealment. If oil means concealment, so it can't become a home for Hashem naturally. It's going against the grain of and the very fiber of what the world is. The world is concealment. It's not, it's not, so how can it be the world itself comes home for Hashem? We're not talking about Hashem breaking the world. We're talking about the world itself comes home for Hashem. So I just said that Hashem imbued in the world something, a mechanism, where darkness creates more light. 
How so? So just like, for example, this is an example of putting your, your, your toe into hot water. It's easier to put your toe into hot water than it is to put your head in hot water. Why? Because your toe is less sensitive. Since your toe is less sensitive, your desire is more prominent. Your will, your willpower your, is, is more dominant in your less sensitive organs. In your, in your toe, your willpower is more, is more stronger. Therefore, you could, it's easier to push your toe into hot water than your head. In a similar way, our generation is more like a toe generation compared to previous generations. We're a lower level. Since we're in a lower level, so we see a more of revelation of the essence of the nisham. In the previous generation, they had greater minds, greater hearts. So they, they didn't see so much the, you know, you know, they didn't need to use the essence of the nisham. They, they loved mitzvahs. They loved Torah. Of course, we're giving more of this stuff. But when there's a darkness, when there's a confusion, why are you doing it still? Where's it coming from? It comes from a greater power, greater strength in the nisham, greater, greater devotion. It comes from the essence of the nisham. So the darkness itself summons a greater light. That's why Mashiach comes, like we could say, the world itself come home for Hashem, because the world was built in a way that the darkness, the world was created in a way that it summons more light. The world was created in a way that darkness creates more light. It's part of the fabric of the world. So getting now, continuing on, whatever saying over here, the, it talks about the passing previous Rebbe. The passing the previous Rebbe, the Gemara says, it's the passing of the cycle is worse than the destruction of the base of English. But through this, we reach a much greater light. The word is stalic, which means to pass away. Also, as the Zohar says, means a great revelation. Estalic, which means passing, means a great revelation of Hashem. That means, that means it's precisely through the passing of the previous Rebbe that there is a much greater revelation. So the truth is that as much as the light can be greater, as much as great as the light may be, we're not happy, we're not satisfied with just revelations of Hashem. The Jewish people didn't suffer in Golis just to get uh, the light of Hashem. That's not why the passing of the previous Rebbe happened. Worse than based on Migdash being destroyed, that's not why it happened. Rather, the Jewish people want, and especially Hasidim want, they should be the revelation of Hashem's essence. And this will happen speedily in our days when the Rebbe will lead us to greet Mashiach Zikain. So that's the meaning uh, of, um, of the, of the, 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 the Pasuk says there was a cloud and there was darkness, and it illuminated the night. What illuminated the night? The darkness itself. So similarly, they were saying that we should realize that, that, that something's, something's going on over here. If you, if you see that there's there's a confusion in the world, you know what, what, what it's meant for. It's meant for to reveal a great, not just a greater light, but the real essence of Hashem.